morning, students. May I have your attention, please, for this morning's announcements? I said quiet. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Your homework is due every single day. Even if you're late, you're already late. So don't run about it. I see your shirt is untucked again. I said that's enough. Out in the hall. Both of you. Welcome to another edition of Out in the Hall. I'm Rhino, and that is the Willie Mammoth. He's got a nice, nice beard trim the other day. You did. Yeah. It looks good. Thanks. You know, it's interesting when I trim my beard, again, not near the work of art you have over there. Right. For a couple of days, I'm like, nah, but it settles into a nice little comfort zone. And man, that thing looks comfortable. So let me ask you a question about that. You trim up for the wife, right? Yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. This is getting awful. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, just making sure. I'm making sure you- I stay with the times. Do some manscaping. I stay with the times. Right. You also trim your face. Oh, entirely separate apparatus. Two separate apparatuses. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's an interesting question to ask a lot of individuals because they might not have to, because they're not cheap. Well, I mean- If you're trimming your area- Old, old ball face Jones over there. <laughs> the same. Come on. No. Was at dinner in Charleston not too long ago. I asked this guy. I just met him for the first time. He had a nice beard going on. I asked him for the first time. I said, asked him the same question. And the dude was like, it dawned on him right then that his balls have been touching his face for no. like the last like 10 years. No. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. <laughs> not Oh, all right. The we thing, might. The other uh, things to talk about out in the hall. Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. Do you want to get into it? I do. This is episode two. E2. E2. Right. Hope you guys enjoyed the pilot. Apparently, some people did. Some people. Yeah. We got some emails. Oh, we did. We did. And by the way, that email address is outinthehallpod at gmail.com. Right. Outinthehallpod at gmail.com. We had some pretty excited fans. I mean, I wouldn't call them fans. It, what's really crazy about this is I don't know these people. So clearly we sent the pilot to a few people. Right. And they clearly showed some people. Oh, it was disseminated. It was disseminated. Okay. And we've got a little bit of a uh, Southeastern following. We do. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I'm not surprised. That email address again, why don't you say it while I find this? Out in the hall pod at gmail.com. Yep. So this is unsolicited feedback. This is to out in the hall pod at gmail.com. This is from Jennifer. And Jennifer lives in, she doesn't say. Spoke, All right. Spokane, Washington. I don't think we're that far. Dear Ryan and Matt, I hope this letter finds you both in high spirits. I couldn't resist the urge to sit down and express my deep admiration for your incredible podcast out in the hall. I love the pilot. I will become a devoted listener and I can confidently say that your show brings me immense joy, laughter, and unparalleled sense of entertainment. First and foremost. She's a good writer. Very good writer. Yeah, old Jennifer. First and foremost, I want to let you know how much I appreciate your amazing sense of humor. The dynamic between the two of you is absolutely fantastic. The way you effortlessly bounce off each other with hilarious banter and clever remarks never fails to brighten my day. Wow. Wow. All right. Your wit and comedic timing are simply unmatched. It is an absolute delight to listen to your play for conversations. She goes on to say, Out in the Hall has become my absolute favorite podcast. One episode in. And I eagerly anticipate each new episode. Your unique blend of comedy, storytelling, and insightful discussion creates an incredible listening experience. Your ability to tackle various topics with both lightheartedness and depth is truly remarkable. She must be a language arts teacher. I must confess that Out in the Hall has spoiled me for the other podcasts. 
While I used to listen to popular shows like Joe Rogan's and others, your podcast stands head and shoulders. Okay. All right. Now we're getting into the ridiculous. This is too long. Okay. Keep up the amazing work and know that your efforts are making a positive impact on your listeners' lives. You don't know this person. I have. With, do you know a Jennifer? I'm sure I do, but I don't, I'm not great with names. Well, I mean, I know Jennifer, but I don't know Jennifer that wrote this. Anyway. All right. That was something. Okay. Here we go. This is from Robert in Atlanta. Dear Ryan and Matt, I hope this letter finds you well and full of laughter. I wanted to tell you my deep admiration for your incredible podcast. As a new listener, I can confidently say that your show brings me immeasurable joy and entertainment. First and foremost, I have to mention just how funny both of you are. Your wit, humor, and comedic chemistry are brilliant. The first episode, the pilot, had me in stitches. But I have to say, Ryan, your sense of humor takes it to a whole new level. Your hilarious anecdotes and quick one-liners never fail to leave me in tears. This is probably going to be one of my favorite podcasts, and I will eagerly await each new episode. But nothing about me? Well, they, I think they, <laughs> they, they said, you guys. <laughs> they addressed it to both of us. Oh, he says, now I have a question I would love to hear you discuss on air. Well, we'll decide what we discuss on air, Robert from Atlanta. I don't trust anybody that doesn't have a nickname for Robert. Well, I mean, the guy might be a professional guy. It's either Rob or Bob. Bert. Bert. Bobby. Robbie. I just don't. I like Robert. My dad was a Robert, but he didn't like his name so much that he went by his middle name, Mike. And even abbreviated that. Yeah, Michael the Mike. All right, so here's the question. And again, we'll decide. This is good, actually. What is the funniest and most memorable moment you've experienced while recording the podcast? I'm sure there have been countless hilarious incidents behind the scenes, and I would love to get a glimpse into your laughter-filled world. What would you say? I would say the construction of the studio. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, neither of us went to trade school. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I'm mildly worried about the stability of these chairs. It's the, yeah, we built the chairs. Well, we put them together. We certainly didn't build them. We put them together. Yeah. They're all in a box. This whole studio was in a box and the drapes were in a bag. You know what's nice about the one thing in the studio that didn't come in a box, which I really appreciated, I need to go back and look at actually who the sender was, the distributor, was this coffee table. Came fully assembled right out of the box. Perfect. It's incredible. Ready for your coffee. I'm not ordering from anybody else except for them. You can't see the, the drape. Well, you can see the drapes behind us, but you can't see what janky hanging up job we did. I mean, there are nails and screws. When we ran out of screws, we used nails. Yeah, it's, we've had a lot of fun. We've laughed a lot putting this stuff together. We do have, and you can't see it, we did buy, Matt found three high school lockers. And they're just in here, but they're too big to put behind <laughs> us. But it's over there. You can't see Next it. Next studio. Okay. Wishing you continued success, endless laughter, and many more uproarious episodes with heartfelt appreciation. Robert Friendly. Robert, thanks, man. I bet I know. I know how that got to Atlanta. How? Well, I don't want to say people's names on here, oh. but our dear close friend from Jacksonville, one of his best friends lives in Atlanta. And I guess that's not him, but I guess that's how it got there. Anyway, all right, I, 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 I want to close this up before you get another. This table came from Williston Forge, a great piece of previously assembled furniture. Well, check out Williston Forge. Yeah, Williston Forge on Wayfair. All right, here we go. Next one. Dear Ryan and Matt, I just had to reach out and express my admiration for your fantastic podcast. I'm a huge fan already. I have to say, Matt, your beard is truly epic. There we go. Getting some love. There it is. It's new. It's a beard that demands attention 
and deserves its own fan club. Billy from Birmingham here, and I've been wondering, how do you grow such an impressive beard, and do you have any beard care tips to share? Oh. Getting uh, some love. I do. I have beard care tips to share. This is very, very simple and how you grow it. Weekly shots of testosterone. Oh, really? <laughs> Not into the beard. Well, that'd be kind of interesting. Into, into, into a large just, muscle, generally your, your high gluteus maximus uh-huh. or your quad. Okay. And that spurs uh, facial hair growth. It also spurs just general body hair growth. Oh, so it's kind of a give and take. Yeah. And it also causes the hair on your head to fall out. It's very confusing. And so I have to counter that with Rogaine. Oh, well, there you go, Billy. Yeah. He goes on to say, oh, wow, look at this. Also, Ryan, your humor is absolutely hilarious. Your wit and charm shone through on the pilot. You did not fail to crack me up. Your comedic timing is spot on, and I cannot help but laugh out loud at your hilarious remarks. Thank you both for creating such an entertaining and enjoyable podcast. Keep up the great work. Do you know what else, Billy? You know, Billy you know, from Birmingham. You know what Billy didn't compliment? What? Your ability to read. <laughs> all right uh, all right we're okay oh this is a fun one the subject title you ready for this yeah laughter and sorority chatter oh it's kind of on the heels of the uh bama rush documentary that's going around this is from kelsey she lives in gainesville when you send us an email t- we don't need your last name i mean unless it's on your email we won't say it and then tell us where you're from that's important okay this is a long one. School must be out because she's got time. All right. A lot of time. I hope this letter finds you both doing amazingly well. People are really hoping to find us do a lot of things. I just had to take a moment to tell you how much my sorority sisters and I adore your incredible podcast. It's become the talk of our house here in Gainesville. Well, oh. wouldn't be the first time we were the talk of a sorority house. We can't help but wish you were still in college and part of a fraternity so we could hang out with you guys. Why do we have to be part of a fraternity for them to hang out with us? Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Ryan, your humor is absolutely side-splitting. We can't get enough of your hilarious jokes. It's all the girls talk about these days. We've even switched from listening to other comedians because y'all are just too funny to pass up. On that note, Ryan, we're dying to know more about your journey in comedy. How did you first get started in stand-up? Were there any comedians who inspired you along the way? And what advice would you give to aspiring comedians looking to make in the industry? Wow. Huh, great questions. You're in a position now to hand out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> According to Kelsey in Gainesville, I am. Okay. Must not be very many funny guys up there. I'm, I'm actually curious. Please answer. All right. How did you first get started? I first got started in stand-up at a private show that a friend of mine produced a comedy night in Nashville. And there was me and five other comedians. It was the first time I'd ever done it. And he called and asked, would you want to do it? And I said, I would love to do it. And so I was one of the comedians that got to perform there and it really, 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 I want to say rung my bell. That's not a, that's not how you say that. So that sounds sexual. To me, it sounds very concussive, actually. More sports than sexual. That's true. That's the testosterone talking. Yeah, I get it. Sorry. Yeah, it was awesome. That's so, that was that. And from there, we've, you know, got a chance to do it plenty more times and going to keep doing it. It's awesome. Were there any comedians who inspired you along the way? Yes, Absolutely. Without question, Dave Chappelle, I think, is the greatest to ever stand on stage and hold a microphone. People use the word goat too much, but he is the goat. I think he is unbelievable. So, yes, very, very inspired by Dave Chappelle. The, like, more on topic, the more um, relevant guys now that are still touring. Louis C.K., who reminds me so much of you, Matt, it's unbelievable. Y'all's style is so similar. Louis C.K., 
Nate Bargatze. Oh. Got the chance to open up for Nate Bargatze and Ray Romano. Really hamming it up with those guys. I don't know if I hammed up. I met Ray Romano in the buffet line after the show. But Nate and I struck up a, a did conversation. Ring, did they ring your bell? Oh, yeah. Big time. I think those guys are great. I mean, legends. What advice would you give an aspiring comedian? Not my advice, but I'll give you what I heard Steve Martin say one time in an interview and that there is room for you in this space. Don't anybody tell you there's not. Be funny. Don't go below the belt. They don't have to do that. That's easy and cheap. Stay away from... I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can make innuendos. Oh, yeah. That's being creative. Right. But don't go below the belt if you don't have to. I mean, you can make innuendos. Sure. Do you have any memorable onstage moments or funny mishaps that you can share with us? Man, these girls are really interested in this. Well, I, I have bombed before. And what does that generally consist of when you bomb? It would be, I'm trying to put it in like our life sense. Imagine you've told your kid 15 different ways to do the same thing and they just don't do it. It's like they're just not even paying attention to you. And so I did a, it wasn't a showcase. It was like a show of the like an open mic show thing here in Orlando. And it was all other comedians and none of them were funny. And they all knew each other. And it was just, it was awful. So open mics, not for me. No interest in that. What uh, about improv? Do you think you'd be good at improv? I think I have been asked that before. I think improv is its own skill and art. I think it's like this. Oh, you're a good golfer. You good at hockey? The stick and the club look alike. It's kind of a similar swing in that you're hitting something, but I think it is a very different skill. And no, I don't know that I'd be good at that. I don't know if I'm good at stand-up. <laughs> Let's be honest. I've only heard you once. Did you like it? I did like it. It was accompanied later on by you telling me to be quiet. Oh, that was because you'd gotten in that red wine. <laughs> I did. I did. That wasn't very nice. Um, Dropped an F-bomb on me. Lastly, when are you coming against to perform? I don't know, but I will. Okay. Sending laughter and good vibes your way. Kelsey from Gainesville. Oh, she does go on to say, Matt, thank you for creating such an entertaining podcast that brings laughter and joy into our lives. You are hilarious with your banter and relatable conversations. Thanks, Kelsey. So that's Kelsey from Gainesville. Kelsey with a K? Yep. K-E-L-S-E-Y from Gainesville. So thanks. That's cool. What have you been up to lately? Well, thought you'd never ask. Nothing. Really nothing to share. Nothing special. Took a trip recently. The flight situation is just beyond terrible now. Not only is the experience terrible, and look, I am generally one of the last people to bat an eye at uh, pricing of things. Outrageous. It is crazy. It's outrageous. Yeah. We had a connection in Miami and we got the flight kept getting the, uh, the, our departure first leg kept getting delayed and delayed. And we finally just drove to Miami. I mean, that's. Who'd you take this with, with, trip with? The current wife or yep. no kids and not. Um, <laughs> you want to do this? <laughs> I'm happy to get into it. The wife. Took the trip with the current wife. I took the trip with my wife. Yep. Yep. I did. Good trip. What have you been up to lately? Some weekend activities yep. in process of selling the house, getting ready to move. So we're having a lot of tours. And th Ooh. This may be a first world person problem. I think it is clearly, you know, the concept of selling a house and having a realtor. And I know that you have some realtor income in your family, mm -hmm. which is nice. It is nice. Uh, and I actually really do like my realtor. A friend of mine lives in the neighborhood. Keeping the house clean for showings, especially with two young boys. It's brutal. Uh, three young boys. I know you have three. So, I mean, it's. It is really difficult, and it creates like a high level of stress that makes it not a fun place to be. Right. So I have that going on. That's what I've been up to lately, trying to keep the house clean, 
getting a lot of looks. No bites yet. No bites uh, yet. It's, uh, we're approaching selling season, aren't we? We built our house. And so you have it out there. You're like, oh, this house is fantastic. You walk in somebody else's house, you judge it. Oh, yeah. You're like against yours. You're like, oh, our house is so much better. But then you see all these other houses that you look on online and like, they yeah. suck. Like, these are ugly houses. And they're moving. They're getting offers and moving in front of yours. It starts to make you question your whole reality. Right. And is my house that good? <laughs> maybe I don't pick out nice stuff. Maybe I just got bad taste. <laughs> maybe my taste is very offensive. I think that's what's going on. Very, very offensive. It is. That's what I've been up to, though. They're trying to keep the house clean. That's a pain. That is a pain. Well, I have something for show and share today. Okay. And I'm kind of hoping you've never heard of this before. Are you familiar with the baseball team in, in Savannah, Georgia called the Savannah Bananas? I've seen some of their social media content. Okay. And I think they've recently come to Jacksonville. Yeah. I didn't go, but I think it sold out in like five seconds. Do you understand the concept behind them? Like why someone would go see them over like the Nashville Sounds or some other? Yes, it's purely entertainment. Totally. Yes. All right. So do you know the rules of, but they call it banana ball. I, I've also heard what they call it. I don't know the rules though. Okay. Rule number one, if you win the inning, you get the point. Every inning is worth one point. The team that gets the most runs in the inning gets a point for that inning, except the last inning where every run counts. So what they're trying to do is speed up the game of baseball, and make it more entertaining. There's a two hour time limit. No inning can be started after one hour and 50 minutes. If the batter steps out of the, of the box, it's a strike. They can't step out of the box. It's a strike. We can, but it's a strike. If you, no bunting. If you bunt, you're ejected from the game. Okay. I'm not even going to read the rule. I'm going to tell you the description of it. On any pitch of an at-bat, the hitter can try to steal first base. <laughs> this can happen on a pass ball, wild pitch, or any other time the hitter chooses. So batters can steal first. So if there's a wild pitch, he can just run down there. Yeah. Or if the catcher catches it, he can just go. You know, pretty, why would he do that? Well, he'd be thrown out. But no walks allowed. If the pitcher throws ball four, it becomes a sprint. <laughs> the hitter will take off running while every defensive player on the field must touch the ball before it becomes live. The hitter can advance to as many bases as they want. The ball does not have to touch the catcher or pitcher. So, you understand that? I got it. That's pretty wild. What's the progression you think that they would go through there? Like the fastest progression? The catcher catches it. It's ball four. The runner runs to first base. I would imagine first, short, second, third, left field. I don't know. There's clearly some planning that's going on there. Yeah, I haven't thought about this. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next rule. If a fan, this is great. If a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Here, <laughs> here's where it gets, Are these for only home games? I mean, who do they play? I think they play themselves. Got it. I think it's like a, like a dual squad. Like a sandlot kind of thing. Yeah. Got it. So this is great. This is called the showdown tiebreaker. If the game is tied at the end of a two-hour time limit, the game will go into a showdown tiebreaker. In each showdown, the hitter must score. If they score, it's worth one point. If they get out, it's worth no points, and it's called a showdown shutdown. In round one, it's the pitcher, the catcher, and one fielder versus the hitter. Round two is a pitcher and catcher, no fielder versus the hitter. Round three, pitcher, catcher, one fielder, one hitter with the bases loaded. If at any point a home run is hit over the outfield wall, it's a walk-off win and the game is over. I'm just thinking of the type of person that comes up with these rules and how you write them. There's only two scenarios in which I think these rules were written. 
mushrooms or marijuana or maybe a lot of booze. Yeah, but they're just laughing the whole time. But I don't think you're, I don't think you're able to write that well. Well, maybe maybe, I'm sure they edited them and had it, had it proved (laughs) after. Maybe they played a few games like that. That didn't work. Rule 10 didn't work. We're going to take that out. Take that out. Okay. I want to see this. I want to say, I'm take my boys to this. This is good. This is hilarious. All right. I got a good show and share. All right. So, you know, we're in a digital age now, Ryan. They've been telling me. And this is actually relevant to me today because I've developed the habit of leaving my wallet at home. I've gotten used to tapping with my phone everywhere yeah. I go. I don't have that. I'm sure I trust that. I lose my phone too much. Yeah, but you still need like a password or a oh. face ID to get into your phone. Okay. So it has to be unlocked for it to work. So I noticed that this morning, of course, I get down about halfway here, about an hour into the trip, realized I don't have my wallet. This will be the third time it's happened in a month. Okay. And uh, so I need Maybe to you should get one of those wallets with a chain on chain. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's yeah. my proposal. Oh, sorry. Don't let my business papers get caught in my chain. And you know how you can tell somebody is old fashioned or like just not up with the times? If you tell them that you left your wallet, they're like, oh, I hope you don't get pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the least of my worries. Head on my wallet, pal. <laughs> like, they can look me up. Right. on Right, on the line. So I was thinking to myself, boy, it would be nice if you could just put your driver's license in your digital wallet. So Georgia's already thought up this, okay? And you can create your digital ID online on one of their state websites and then download that ID. It has all your personal information. It has all the stuff that you would normally have on your driver's license, and it goes into your digital wallet. Are you an organ donor? Of course. Yeah. 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 I had a problem with that at first. Well, maybe we can talk about that. What? <laughs> You're dead. Well, all right, we'll get into it for one second. I am an organ donor now. My wife convinced me to do it. It's the right thing to do. Maybe this is silly. I felt like if it was like, I don't know, it's kind of touch and go with this guy, they'd be like, you know what? There's a younger, more healthy guy downstairs. Let's go ahead and give, let's. That's not the way any of this works. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's like one of those Obamacare death squad uh, yeah, rumors yeah, that like went around. Total urban legend. <laughs> no truth. No truth. No, you have to be dead. No, I am an organ donor. Or anyway. they, they might keep you alive, but you might be brain dead because they're not going to harvest your organs. I think certain ones of them when you're dead, there are certain ones. If you're like, you're brain dead, for example, like you really? go into a coma. Yeah. They'll take out ones. I think while you're alive. Anyways, the Department of, I guess, Motor Vehicles had a post on the Georgia website reminding people because you would take your own photo for your digital wallet, you know? Yeah. To wear clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Official announcement. Uh, This is a memorandum of understanding to all (laughs) citizens of the state of Georgia. But it's just your face, but they... Maybe people were taking upskirts? No. I I think it was more people like... They're just going to use my face, or maybe they're being funny. I don't know, but apparently they were getting some. Well, full, it happened more than once. I can tell you that. Body nude submissions. I, I can tell you it happened more than once. If they had to put out a an uh, alert, an alert, it's like it. a, like a like an amber alert. Yes, like, people, we don't want to see your junk. I think they said keep it classy. That's really funny. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> coming to Florida soon. I'm sure. I hope so. I hope so too. Pretty soon, we won't even need cash. I carry cash. Do you carry cash? When I have my wallet. Good point. <laughs> Would you take a nude photo and send it into the Department of State? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no. At no point. How would you even remotely think that was okay? How would you even be so dumb to think that that, was, that would make sense? Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Oh, that's a great show and share. Thank you very much. That's that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> I can just picture like, here, Grandma, this is what you do. Okay. Well, then she doesn't, I don't know. What do you, Why does it have to be a grandma? I don't know. I was thinking anybody. like more like non-saggy skin people were doing that because they think they look good. Oh, you think that's, I thought it was like someone's like, I don't know how to use my phone, but I got to take, I don't know. I guess it could be, but I mean, I think most grandmas are dressed all the time. They're cold. They don't have that great circulation. A lot of, I got a little cardigan on or something. A little card, that's it though. <laughs> what? There's Winnie, a, Winnie the Pooh in it around? Always wanted to have a Winnie the Pooh party. I know. I don't want to even get into that. <laughs> Could be a great time. Do you have a pop quiz today? I do. I, I do. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. No, for... it's your segment. You go ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. You're, you're up. <laughs> See that green light over there? That means you. Well, there's no green lights. There is no green lights. The um, Ivy League schools are hard to get into. Right? <laughs> hate to tell you you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I think so. Right? I yes. mean, you would think if you weren't like cream of the crop, I imagine it's not a cheap application fee. If you weren't even cream of the crop, you wouldn't even apply to Harvard, say, for example. Sure. Right? Heard of that. So what do you think the acceptance rate of Harvard is? God, that's two episodes in a row where you've got really good pop quiz questions, which is shocking because I'm very aware of, <laughs> acutely aware of the amount of research you do uh, for this show. Very limited. Uh, you want a percentage? Yeah. Give me a percentage. Okay, based on what you said, yeah, I think fifteen percent. Okay, the acceptance rate—it's—it's it's not a bad guess actually, because you do have to be very smart to even apply. I didn't apply. Of course not. Right. Of so, course not. I didn't do it. Right? right. Of course not. So uh, for, I didn't want to speak for you, but I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hunch. <laughs> four and a half percent. Really? Yeah. Four and a half percent. Four and a half percent for Harvard. This isn't my pop quiz. This is just a lead-in. Okay. On the flip side of this coin, Walmart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I got another hunch. Okay. Job applications, right? Walmart seems to be like, everybody's like, I'll oh, just go get a job. Right. Right. You can't pay for this. Go get a job. Go There's plenty job. of jobs out there, right? Yeah. Hell, you can go to Walmart, get a job. What do they you, say it like that too. Right. Hell, you can go to Walmart, get a job yeah, like free that. free government handouts. What do you think the acceptance rate is of Walmart applicants to actually getting a job there? 70%? 2.6%. No way there's that many stupid people. First of all, every time you go there, there's 500 employees in there. 2.6%. You're making that up. Not making that up. There is no way. <laughs> Think about it. I know you, we don't have W-2 type jobs. So like, when was the last time you applied for a job? Never. Okay. So. This one. I got it. I have a good story about applying for a job too. That's going to piggyback onto this. However, you have to go through things like a criminal background check. You have to pass a drug test. Okay. All right. Right. Yep. I see okay, exactly the, where you're going with those it. two things. So apparently, out of a hundred people that apply to Walmart, only two and a half percent, only two and a half of them can pass a criminal background check and a drug test it, at the same time. Is there no sort of competency test? I don't think that it sounds like a poll tax. You're telling me that the only the only reason for denial of employment. There might not be a job available. All right. I was actually in Walmart yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'll try to make my story short, but I needed a power cord for one of the kids game things. We forgot it at home. We're on a road trip. I was like, ah, we'll just swing in here. I'm smart enough to look it up online. Do you have the plug for the thing? Said they had five available at the store. Gave me the aisle number. Went there. Wasn't there. Not there. Not that it wasn't. I was on the wrong aisle. Like it just, they're out. But it said they had five. 
which means either they didn't put them out or somebody just stole them. <laughs> so I went, did the worst thing you could do. I was actually lucky enough to find someone that could help. You me. didn't complain. I didn't complain. I thought something was wrong with me. I was like, hey, I showed him my phone. I'm like, hey, he says you have five of these. And he's like, if it's not there, we don't have it. I'm like, not an it, acceptable answer. Is it maybe, maybe he's in the back. And this guy, he, he's like, I don't know. I'll check. He didn't even walk in the back. He walked around the aisle. I was like, we don't have any. <laughs> Sorry. So he is that 2.6%. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're making my point for me. That's what I'm, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. So it's, that's very either sad or funny, maybe a little bit of both that it's something that Harvard has a higher acceptance rate than Walmart. What's funny about that is how many people think they can get a job at Walmart. It's not funny how many people think they get in Harvard. That cream of the crop student is a, right. is brilliant. Right. Okay. Right. So I guarantee they're all valedictorians. Or salutatorians. Close to it. Absolutely. At the very least, yes. a, a salutatorian. And some of them probably like, you know, I'm going to take a shot, but I got a lot of service hours or I got a good resume sure. or I went on a mission trip or I did the thing. But the fact that these people are like, hell, you can get a job at Walmart. Right. You can't. You can't. <laughs> that is incredible. Pretty sad, huh? Yes. Yeah. One little piggyback on this before. before sure. You, I'm not going to tell you when, or this is, this is a true story. I'm going to tell you when or who it was with, but I took a job in my field, left a job, good job, take another job, upgrade, step up. Yep. Coming on as a 1099, you know, employee. First week I'm employed, technically. It's not a salary gig. It's a, it's commission gig. Yeah. Just like all, 1099. all my stuff. Yeah. I think most of our listeners know what a 1099 is. Sure. I think so. Yeah. You're just not a W-2 employee. Right. You're, you're responsible for your own taxes, your own insurance. Correct. You're an independent contractor. Correct. And so first get together is the holiday party. Okay. So I'm getting introduced to the team. We're having a holiday party. It's in South Florida, close to Miami. And so I'm meeting some of the new guys. Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. After we have the dinner, a few of the guys are like, we're going to go out. I'm like, great. I'm in. So we go out, have a ball of a time, apparently two ball of a time, because I wake up the next morning, still in my suit, in my hotel room. Jacket on? Jacket on, still in my suit, jacket on. Shoes? Everything on top of the covers to my phone ringing furiously. And it is the guy that had vouched for me to come on. And I look at my phone, it's 10 a.m. We had a meeting that morning as a group at eight at the office. Oh. So now first day on the job. I go, oh, oh, dude, I don't know what happened. Sorry. I'll be there in a second. Go outside. Still in where I'm wearing what I'm wearing. Car's not in the parking lot. Okay. What? Car's not in the parking lot. This is before Uber. So I had to call a taxi. Oh, that took They two come hours. and get me. I finally remember where my car was 20 minutes away. Got my car. Came back to the thing. I sat down. I'm not going to tell you exactly what was said in the meeting, but it was basically, don't do this again or you're never going to be employed here. Came out, went into the office to sit down, and the office person comes in and starts sliding me my new paperwork. Okay. One of them is a, uh, a drug test form. I said, oh boy. what's this? Well, you're 1099. Right. She's like, we have to do it to get an insurance break for like, I think it was property. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Sure. You know, you're in the insurance business. So I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to do that. And there had been a big night the night before. So wait, like right now we're doing a drug she, test. Yeah. I go, exactly. I go, when do I need to do this? Said, oh, there's, there's a lab core right down the street. I said, well, oh, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I don't know where my I got, car I got is. Pretty, I can't I got get a pretty, there. pretty packed day. She's like, well, you know, when you get back to home, there's, I'm sure there's one right on the corner. Just send it to me um, when you can. I said, well, when do you need to buy? She's like, well, next week's fine. I'm like, I can't do that. 
No, we're, we're gonna need about need to wait about fifteen to twenty days. If well, you know she, what I mean? She goes. <laughs> when do you need it? I go. I was a little chubbier then, so you know. I think if you're a little chubbier, it sticks around a little longer. Yeah, and got I, more to hang on to. I think it clings to the fat cells. Yeah, which is annoying. Um, That's unfair. Yeah, and so I said, uh, thirty to forty five days. <laughs> <laughs> And, if it's a hair test, 60. And, but if it's a blood and, test. And God bless her. She took that form, slid it back. She said, off that exit to you in 45 days. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. All right your pop quiz. Okay. This is, I guarantee we're not going to get as much gold out of this. <laughs> I feel silly even asking it. Okay. I'm ready. Which TV character do you most identify with or wish you could have been? Oh. Does this have a punchline? No. Okay. No. This is just no, no. I, this is just actually a creative question. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm really preparing for this, and you just gave us 10 minutes of solid gold with your <laughs> Walmart Harvard story. And I'm like, what would be a really provocative question that I could ask Matt? And he could ask me, and we'd have some discussion about that. Okay. All so right. there's no punchline. That literally is the end That's, of my note. Okay, that I wanted to be? Most identify with, or maybe that you wanted to be. That's a good question. Yeah, I thought it was. Okay. You don't have to say this, but is it like, oh, Joey from Friends? Or no, yeah. you, you don't understand I think that. It, I think at a certain point in my life, it was probably Zach Morris. Okay. There you go. Now we're getting into okay. it. All right. All right. Not us later. So if you had to choose between the two. Sure. I would say Zach Morris. Yeah. Good uh, looking, funny. That's right. Pretty girlfriend. That's very right. popular. But, but now I feel like it's- Mr. Belding? <laughs> probably I feel like at this stage of my life, it's probably a little bit more. What was a movie with uh, Seth Rogen and Zach Efron where they were fighting with the fraternity house next door? Neighbors. Grown-ups or neighbors. 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 Yeah, I feel like the dad. I feel like Seth Rogen. Well, it's like, all right, guys. It's, it's, <laughs> I get it. I used to party, but I get it, guys. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah, nine yeah. o'clock. <laughs> so, no, I get it. Hey, listen, I remember I used to funnel beers too, yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah. That was what I was looking okay. for. Okay, all right, all right. How about yeah. you? Because I thought of the question, I'm prepared for my answer. Right. But when I was younger, and maybe even still today, although it's been a while, it's uh, Alex P. Keaton. Michael J. Fox's character on Family Ties. Did okay. You, did, were you into that show at all? No. Enough. Enough. He, didn't he work at the Reagan White House or something? Oh, like yeah. That? Wasn't he like a... I don't know if he worked at the Reagan White House. I think his job was that he worked at like the Reagan White House or something like that in the he movie. He was like a big Reagan guy. The big Reagan guy. Is this before dementia or after dementia for Ronald Reagan? I don't know. I mean, that show took place... Well, I should have been a little more prepared, I guess, but early 80s. Okay. So early Reagan guy. Yeah, early to mid. I mean, he was staunchly Republican, super preppy. Yeah. You know, always wore the jacket and tie and the uh, penny loafers and- Little uh, little fella. Michael J. Fox is a little fella. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, here we go back with the school stories. Well, I was kept home one year and I was homeschooled. This and, is before virtual. Oh, this was my mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. My mom taught me. You have a lot of time in the day, right? Because it doesn't take seven hours. And I would always catch like the reruns of, it was like an hour block of reruns of Family Ties. And I loved that show. I loved him on that show. It's a great show. Uh, parents are super liberal. You know, he's super conservative. I really loved it. Who were the parents on that? Was the, that uh, Alan, whatever his name is? Alan Thick? Yeah. No. Okay. The father's, the actor's father's name was, is Michael Gross. Oh, he's still alive? I think so. Good. Good for him. And the mom, I can't remember her. Remember her name? Very you know, pretty. You know what show? Eileen something. You know what show I always mix up in my mind when I think of Family Ties is Alf. Well, I don't see that connection at all. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be like, nah, I got it. 
I thought you were going to say like Full House is the fam. No. Nope. What was the uh, one with uh, Kirk Cameron in it? There was a show with Kirk yeah, Cameron. That, now you're losing me because I, the, my 80s TV was not great. Well, it was just limited basically to family ties from on TBS from like, you know, two to three. TBS. What a great station in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Very good. Caught every Braves game. Oh, yeah. Every Braves game in the golden era. Were you a Braves guy? Still am a Braves guy. You know what I was when I was younger? What? I was a Braves guy because our Little League team was the Braves. Yeah. But you know what I really was? I was an A's guy. Wow. Oh, yeah. We're not going to do it today, but I'm going to put it down that we're going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about our sports heroes growing up. We should do that. You know, that's a great generation. When you cared, it was like 88 to 94, 95, probably. That is great. Legends. Yeah. Are we going to eliminate Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa from that conversation? No, because they weren't on drugs then. They weren't on steroids then. And I feel like the Mark McGuire was a shot at my uh, A's because he was on the A's back then. I didn't think about that. Yeah. He was on the A's back then. That's but he didn't break it with the A's. No, broke it with the Cardinals. Right. Right. All right. Tell them once again what our email address Out is. Out in the hall pod at gmail.com, which I am going to get the password to that account. But you here. can't reply without talking to me first. <laughs> you can't. Hey, Kelsey, it's Matt. Yeah, you can't do that. You can reply all. Well, okay. I'll be able to see what you send. Okay. All right. Out in the hall pod at gmail.com. You guys are fun. We don't like you. We take constructive criticism well. Yeah. Yeah. We also don't have to read it <laughs> on the air. So it's our deal. Thanks for those great letters. I guess school's out. So school's out. Ring that bell. So ring that bell. We're school's going. Out. We're I'm going to go back in the class and get my backpack. Go ahead and do it. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you.